Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Here I am, chilling in the jungle just outside of the temple, bringing you a special report to talk to you about about Thailand and Southeast Asia in general. I wanted to tell you a few positives, negatives, and interesting things about Thailand. So one thing is the food. The food is very good in Thailand. You know, I don't think I've actually had a bad meal since I got here. So a lot of people know Pad Thai. I think the best kept secret of Thailand is actually the pad krapao, or the that is the stir-fried basil. So you get a, a, a basil stir-fry with a whole bunch of chili vegetables and then you know meat or, or tofu according to your preference, and it is fucking awesome. I think I have to look up a recipe and, and uh, practice making it a hundred times uh, so I can get it right and make it for myself and uh the other thing let's see tom tom sum tom sum tom sum no some tom <laughs> some tom the the uh papaya salad or uh, they have mango salads as well very delicious the problem is if you're a vegetarian in thailand you're going to have a problem basically everything has meat in it so I've had to make a few compromises myself if you order pad thai it probably has pork fat to fry the noodles and if you order tom yum this spicy soup it probably has shrimp paste that's how they make it so even if you have it just with eggs or with mushroom you're still gonna get some of that some of that uh, sea animal in in your plate there and fish sauce is in everything as well so it's like they don't use salt they use fish sauce uh, <laughs> it's delicious but uh, <laughs> if you're vegetarian it causes a big problem you can't look out for uh, the, the uh, yellow flags with red writing on them I didn't see too many of them in Bangkok but if you look around uh, you, you'll probably you might be lucky to find a couple of them that means they serve J food and especially they, they serve it uh, sometime during September or October. It's the ninth month according to the lu lunar calendar, the Chinese calendar. So it changes around every year. But J-food, a lot of people, including myself, ha had the conception that J-food is actually Jainist food, like from the Indian tradition. But it's not. It's a, it's a separate tradition uh, from what I've read. Uh, it comes from the Chinese tradition. And... It's, the story goes something like there were a few Chinese people traveling in Thailand and they got sick and they said, okay, well, we want to get better. What should we do? Let's, let's try to make a diet that has the least karmic impact possible and, and choose foods that are healthy. So they cut out all the meat, especially, but also they got really strict and cut out all the root vegetables because when you eat a root vegetable, the plant will normally die so they try to use other vegetables in their food so it's good good for you good for your your spirit um it's kind of funny actually because people acknowledge that it's it's good for your karma but they don't want to eat it all year round uh, i don't know why that is but it goes for nine days uh, so if you're a vegan and you happen to be in thailand during, during september or october you might get lucky uh, and you'll see a all through Bangkok, you see, you go like uh, if you go to Ngam Dupli Road, 
you'll see a, a lot of places, a lot of stalls uh, serving like sticky rice with, with coconut, sticky rice with banana, made it, wrapped in a banana leaf, just like a, a Mexican tamal, uh, and with all kinds of things, black beans and things. Uh, sticky rice is uh, another kind of, well, almost well-kept secret. I think a few people around the world know about it. If you are a vegan, then you can enjoy the, you know, vegan desserts that they have here because they have, like, sticky rice with mango, sticky rice with durian, and they just drench it in, in coconut milk, and it's fucking delicious, man. <laughs> it's brilliant. So... Uh, what else am I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. You know what's weird? They love sugary drinks in, in Southeast Asia. So, I have I guess I haven't noticed it so much in Thailand, but when I was in KL, in, in Malaysia, I went to a, a tea stall, and instead of saying, like, how many teaspoons of sugar do you want, they had a chart sitting next to the counter, and it said, what percentage of sugar do you want? And it went all the way from zero to 100%, or it kind of looked like it started at 20. And I was like, what the fuck? What, did, what would even 100% sugar look like? I mean, is that like when it starts to peak out your taste buds? Like you can't taste any more sugar that's, that's in there? Or is it like the, the saturation point so, so no more sugar will dissolve? I don't know. <laughs> but I, did, I wasn't really game to try it. But people, people love sugary drinks. And it's kind of weird because not a lot of people are overweight. I don't know how they do it. I... Uh, People tell me it's because of the, the hot weather, they just sweat it all out. Or it's it's also, I guess, because they eat food in small servings and has something to do with it. Uh, but th there you go, you know, if, if you like sugar, it's, it's everywhere <laughs> in, in Southeast Asia. Then uh, let's talk about, oh, this is a fun subject, uh, sex workers. So <laughs> this is a thing because I remember when uh, I went to Las Vegas years ago and we would hear stories about young kids coming into Las Vegas, you know, maybe uh, country country boys come into Las Vegas and they, and they say, wow, the women sure are friendly here. <laughs> yeah, they're friendly because they, they want something for you. Uh, they want something from you, rather. And, you know, that's, a, that's kind of how it is. I remember one night I was waiting for my grab, which is like the the version of Uber that they have here on Sukumwood Road and uh, just trying to trying to find the taxi somehow I ended up like surrounded by working girls on, on all sides and many of them like trying to reach out and touch me I was like whoa just back off a little <laughs> and there, a lot of them were gorgeous I was like holy shit I mean I would take these girls out for a date if they weren't asking me if I wanted to go back to the hotel room within the first 10 seconds of meeting me. So that's, that's kind of a, a weird experience and I guess you, you have to be aware of that. It's kind of weird because people tell me these stories where like go out, meet a girl at a club or something, take her home, uh, everything's going great. Then in the morning, she's like, so where's my money? <laughs> and you have to scramble to, to find a, a 
few uh, thousand baht to give to her. Um, I remember my buddy told me this story and he, he talked it down to just a taxi fare. So <laughs> it's, I don't know what to make of it. Um, uh, someone else told me a similar story. My buddy, my buddy, uh, uh, well, I saw this story on, on Facebook from uh, Christoph Hoyerman, uh who we, we interviewed about uh, BitNation years ago. And he went, after he left Mexico, he went to Cuba and uh, there were working girls approaching him and it's like, all right, uh, how much for the night? And, and uh, they say, oh, it's, you know, this many, this many cooks, uh, that, that is this many dollars. And he said, oh, great. Um, you're going to teach me Spanish all night. <laughs> so spend all night learning Spanish from a Cuban prostitute. Because why not? That's an efficient use of your money and, and of her linguistic resources uh, beyond her lingual resources so <laughs> you got to be careful ah the other thing that's related i think some some people aren't really aware of what a shill looks like in person so i mean a lot of people throw the term around especially on the internet they're like oh what are you some kind of corporate shill you're trying to back up this this guy and, and you know your fake stock account and this kind of thing but in in real life uh, it if you're not on the ball, it, it can be hard to spot a shell. So I remember we were going uh, to the border, to the Cambodian border for a visa run. And there's this guy about, you know, a couple hundred meters from the border. And he's like, oh, well, if you're going to Cambodia, or if you, you know, you're going and coming back, you need to get a Cambodian visa and you need to come with me. Um, you have to go this way. You have to go to the office. And I was like, Really? Uh, and what's your role in this? Who do you work for? <laughs> uh, but that guy wasn't the obvious. That, I mean, that, work, that guy obviously had something in it. But then as we're walking towards the, the, the office to check it out, uh, I stop and say, well, hang on. What's, I mean, what's going on here? What is this office? And another fellow passed us, a, a Thai fellow, and as he was walking up the stairs, he, he said, oh, you guys going to the, you, you guys need a, a Cambodian visa? Well, you have to go this way. And my companion was like, well, that's, look, that's what, that's what he's saying. And I was like, hang on. No, that guy's the shill. Just, uh, don't you get it? That's, uh, that's how this operation works. You get the first guy to, to set it up for you. And then you get an, another fellow who just happens to be walking past. Like, what was this tight? guy doing walking past like he's gonna <laughs> like, like he just happens to be walking there like as if he's he's uh, a, a man like a middle class looking man about to cross over in, into Cambodia or uh, and like he does it all the time or something like what's his story <laughs> so of course that guy was a shill I went up the stairs and looked at the office and it's just got like this this sign that looks like a license plate saying Cambodian visa office and I was like okay this obviously this is, this is not the consulate of Cambodia, <laughs> which is probably looks more like a palace or something, uh, or, you know, at least a nice house. So, uh, I remember, uh, I was in Los Angeles years ago and, and, uh, there was this guy on the street hustling, he's trying to sell me his mixtape or whatever. And it's like, yeah, man, you know, so we got that, you know, West coast style gangster shit, whatever. And he's trying to tell me that when, he, in a few months when he moves to Australia, I'll be able to get 
free shows because I, I bought his CD or something like that. Uh, so he obviously he asked me where, where I was from and just, you know, his buddy just happened to be walking past and he says, oh, what, you don't, you don't believe me, man? You don't believe me, man? Look, check it out. He he's calls over to his buddy and it's just like, yo, G-Fresh or whatever. G-Fresh, man. Where am I going to live in a couple of months? And his friend's like, Australia. <laughs> so this is like a common tactic that you have to be aware of uh, when, you're when you're traveling. So this, the shills, uh, they're everywhere. So look out for those little tricks uh, that they try to pull on you. Another thing that Thailand is famous for is the lady boys. And I don't... I still haven't really cracked the puzzle of why there are so many ladyboys in Thailand. Uh, some say it's just because the, the culture is accepting, but then you have to wonder, well, why aren't there many uh, female to male transgender people in, in Thailand? But there are a lot of ladyboys. And I mean, it's so common. It is really common. So you'll see like a, like a beauty salesperson like like in a, in a store in a mall and she'll be selling beauty products and she'll be a ladyboy or you go to a, a cashier or something in an electronic store or you know just in an office a secretary the secretary's a ladyboy everywhere um and it's just really common and nobody bats an eyelid about it and you know i guess that's the, that's kind of how it should be um it's i guess it's really not a big deal if you want to uh, dress like that or live your life like that then the the thing is my friend told me well the reason there are so many is because you have like a young boy in a poor neighborhood and maybe he notices he looks around and he sees who's making the money or at least who's who's spending the money and it's the ladyboy prostitutes these these working girls flashing their cash around and he thinks to himself as as a young boy Hmm, so I see where the real money is. Like, fuck being a, a man. Why do I want to be a man? Obviously, being a ladyboy is where it's at. And that gets imprinted in their minds. Because, they, you know, they want to be successful, get out of uh, their life situation there, move on to something better, and um, become a ladyboy. So maybe that's a factor too. I don't really know. Uh, it's, it's an interesting cultural phenomenon. And... If you go on Tinder, of course, a lot of them will advertise to you, like they will tell you that they're transgender or uh, they say lady boys, whatever. Um, also, it's kind of funny because I notice a lot of women will say specifically, I am not a lady boy. And it's not always like the masculine looking women. It's normally women with just who like to have very stylized photos because that makes it look like they've been altered, you know hide that Adam's apple or something like that. So uh, that's definitely something that happens. Uh, my friend uh, Nana told me that if you're on Khao San uh, Road, uh, which is like the party district, there's a lot of bars and clubs and stuff in, in Bangkok. If you happen to be in that district, then you probably shouldn't comment on the amount of ladyboys around because it's it's like saying especially if you use that word it's like saying they're not a real lady and, uh, and that's you know that's how it's <laughs> how some of them see it and you know they're 
they, they may be mentally women, but they're biologically men and they can lay the smack down. So you've got to watch out. Um, maybe don't mention that if you're around those parts. <laughs> something, to, something to be careful of. Another thing to, to mention, which is it's, it's a little bit unusual, but it's kind of cute or kind of cool as well. People really love the king. Uh, that is, well, they really loved uh, Rama the Ninth. Uh, and of course, it's illegal to criticize the king, so nobody, nobody is really going to do that. But it's not like in North Korea or something where if maybe you're just disinterested in in the king, or you you know you don't clap enough at one of Stalin's marches or something that they're going to do something nasty to you. So that's it. they'll stop you from speaking bad about him. Sure, they'll, they'll stop you. Pr- printing stuff about him, probably, uh, but they don't force you to love him. People actually do uh, love Rama the Ninth, and I, I guess he was, he, he must have done something right, uh, probably probably beyond public relations. People always talk about the, the dams that he created all over Thailand, improving the infrastructure. Um, that, he was actually, well, the crown as an institution in Thailand is one of the richest royal institutions in the world, uh, their net worth about $30 billion. So, fair coin, uh, especially if you count it in baht. So, that that's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, you go to the cinema and before the movie starts, they'll get you to stand up for the national anthem or the song of praise or whatever it is and pay uh, show a little respect uh, to, the, to the king. And I guess, well, the other thing is... To come to Thailand, you do have to have a bit of faith in humanity because, especially as a foreigner, um, people could be critical of you. And even if you don't say anything bad about the king, all they would have to do is get, you know, make up a lie and maybe get a couple of their buddies to to back it up, saying that you were mentioning uh, bad words about the king and maybe you would be in in an uncomfortable situation. So, uh, it, and I think, I mean, there's a couple of ways to take that, but I think it does go to show that people are generally good, uh, and they, you know, they don't, they don't wish ill on you, um, just because you piss someone off, they're not going to try to bring down the hammer of the law on you just because they could. Uh, so (laughs) that's, uh, that's good news. I mean, I, I don't worry about that at all in Thailand, even though, you know, there's, Somebody could reasonably do that. Uh, so that's some interesting things about Thailand and, and Southeast Asia. Uh, definitely, if you have the opportunity, I'd say come to Thailand, uh, explore it, enjoy it. Uh, Bangkok is great out here in the, in the country. is also great. Uh, beautiful rainforests and, and everything. I'll just spin the camera around a bit so you can have a little look at what's going on there. Uh, but standing like... Here, here by a cave, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> just uh, in this little jungle by the by the temple. So just over those trees there, there's the temple of Wat Tam Krabok. So thanks very much for listening. I uh, hope, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, remember, jump onto theparadiseparadox.com. You can check out our old episodes there. Jump onto The Paradise Paradox on, on Facebook and on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite 
podcast app. Uh, podcast Addict is, is one of my favorite ones for Android. And remember to treat yourself well. And if you get an opportunity, eat some sticky rice. Have a good one.